0: am I? Good morning. I'm Judith Lay, welcoming you to Praise, the programme that connects faith and daily life.
1: Radio.
0: This afternoon at three o'clock, every strand of island life will be represented in St. George's Church here in Douglas at a special service to mark Holocaust Memorial Day. This is the 20th year that our island has paused to remember the millions of people murdered during the Holocaust under Nazi persecution and in the genocides which followed in Cambodia, Rwanda, Bosnia and Darfur. Holocaust Memorial Day is a time to learn the lessons of the past and recognise that genocide doesn't take place on its own. It's a steady process which can begin if discrimination, racism and hatred are not checked and prevented. The theme for Holocaust Memorial Day this year is Stand Together. It explores how regimes throughout history have deliberately fractured societies by marginalising certain groups and how these tactics can be challenged by individuals standing together with their neighbours and speaking out against oppression. In the years leading up to the Holocaust, Nazi policies and propaganda deliberately encouraged divisions within German society, urging Aryan Germans to keep themselves separate from their Jewish neighbours. The Holocaust, Nazi persecution of other groups and each subsequent genocide was enabled by ordinary citizens not standing with their targeted neighbours. Now, more than ever, we need to stand together with others in our communities in order to stop division and the spread of identity-based hostility in our society. This year, Holocaust Memorial Day marks the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. This is a significant milestone and is made particularly poignant by the dwindling number of survivors who are able to share their testimony. It also marks the 25th anniversary of the genocide in Bosnia. The years go by, but the memories are no less moving. On today's programme, I bring you a collection of thoughts and true stories from Holocaust survivors sharing their memories with schoolchildren. But we begin with one of the hymns that will be featured in this afternoon's service, All Creatures That on Earth Do Dwell. That's followed by a thought from Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs.
2: Time and again, the Bible uses the word zachor, remember, and that's what we do today on International Holocaust Memorial Day. We remember the victims of the Holocaust, as well as other victims of other tragedies human beings have inflicted on one another. Why is it important to remember? Because memory of the evils of the past is the best way of avoiding evils in the future. We can't bring the dead back to life, but we can ensure that they didn't die in vain. Those who forget may repeat. Those who remember know that we have to find another way. One of the greatest privileges of my life has been coming to know Holocaust survivors. Most of them lost their families, and so they became a family to one another. They helped one another live through the trauma loss of all they knew and loved. They'd walked, each one of them, through the valley of the shadow of death. Yet never have I met people with such a tenacious hold on life. What I found most moving was the way in recent years they've shared their memories with others, especially with young people, the builders of our future. I can hardly begin to understand the courage it takes to relive the pain of those nightmare years. Yet they've done so, not in hate or bitterness or anger, but the opposite. What they've wanted to say is, don't take freedom for granted, cherish it. Don't take prejudice for granted, challenge it. Don't stand by in the face of violence and hate. Defend the defenseless and show them they're not alone. Evil happens when people let it happen. And our best defense against it is never to forget where evil leads. That's why International Holocaust Memorial Day was established and why today, 75 years after the liberation of Auschwitz, we remember what once was and pray for the strength to ensure that never may such things happen again.
3: The Holocaust Memorial Day Trust spoke to Yusef Sadovsky, one of the few Roma survivors of Nazi persecution living in the UK. The Roma people are a traditionally nomadic group. They originated from northern India and are now dispersed around the globe, many making their homes across Europe and the Americas. There is great diversity in the Roma community and the word Roma is often used as a collective term for a variety of groups who describe themselves as Roma, Gypsies, Travellers, Sinti and other titles. The Nazis targeted Europe's Roma population for complete destruction in a genocide known as the Porimus, the Devouring. More than 200,000 Roma people were murdered or died as a result of starvation or disease. Many more were imprisoned, endured forced labor, or were subjected to forced sterilization and medical experimentation. Józef Sadowski is Polish Roma and now lives in the UK.
4: Nazywam się Józef Sadowski. Urodzony jest tam 10 kwietnia 1944. Przebywałem w tym getcie w Bobrze, która była dzielnica Warszawy wydzielona.
3: When Yusef was a baby, his father contacted couriers who were illegally smuggling things in and out of the
4: ghetto. Yusef
3: was successfully smuggled out of the ghetto and taken to a Roma community. He lived with them mostly in the forest for the rest of his childhood. He later found out he was the only one in his family to survive. His mother, father and three siblings were all killed by the Nazis. The Nazis believed in an ideal of a pure Aryan race of Germans and targeted anyone they believed threatened this ideology. They were heavily influenced by ideas about racial purity and used this to justify hatred, persecution, and discrimination across Nazi-occupied Europe. Jews, Roma, disabled and black people were targeted for these reasons. Other groups were targeted by the Nazis for other reasons. Roma people were forcibly taken to concentration camps, including the infamous Gypsy Camp at Auschwitz-Birkenau. Those who escaped this fate were murdered by soldiers in the woods, who shot them and buried them in mass graves. But the persecution of the Roma people didn't end with the war. Yusuf and his community still faced persecution. The Polish language has only recently adopted the word Roma. Roma people in the UK still face discrimination and prejudice, far more than most other communities. That is why it is important to learn about stories like these, learning lessons from the past and remembering the victims.
4: Some of them, when they hear
5: I am Susan Pollock. I lived in a small village, not far from Budapest. I'm a little girl, 13 years old. We were loyal citizens, law-abiding. Little did we know, little could we imagine the horror that invaded our lives. There was anti-Semitism, yes, in Hungary, but we could live with it. And where could we go anyway? We thought it would just blow away. But now we know differently. Nothing goes away unless each and every one of us takes that personal responsibility to stand up. We were doomed. We were doomed. Not that we knew very much about what was going on. Hitler's plans, we didn't. Why? Because after Hungary joined the Axis Alliance, the information we received was nothing. Nothing about the Kristallnacht that took place in Germany, the many killings that took place in Germany and Poland. We did not know. They called a meeting. There were only about 16 Jewish families living in that village. Well, they were reluctant because they did not trust the authorities. But they went, had to know, had to have some knowledge, some, some ideas what was awaiting us. We went, and I had seen my father, together with all the other men, being brutally beaten up in front of my eyes as they were herded on to our waiting glory. And I hadn't seen him since. And then the Hungarian gendarmerie came back and said, we're the next ones to be transported. Women and their babies, their children, all pushed in to these wagons. Finally, the train stopped. My hair was shaven off, and we were marched into these barracks we were sent on a death march when the uh, guard wasn't looking we were scraping for food and if we were caught you were shot
6: I didn't know about anything what was happening for the simple reason my parents never told me I was only six year old little boy they didn't wanted to frighten me I didn't wear the yellow star because in the village everybody knew us there was no police to enforce the law so I didn't know about the yellow star either so in the evening before I was going to the school my aunt was sewing the yellow star on my coat. And I very innocently asked, what is that for? And she said, nothing. We are Jewish and we have to wear a yellow star. That was the time, for the first time, that I realized I am different. Uh, Because when there were children on the corner of the street without the yellow star, Gentile, they suddenly started to shout at me: "You dirty Jew! You smelly Jew! Go to Palestine!" and all kind of insult that I can't even mention. They would throw stone after me. Uh, they ca- caught me a couple of times, gave me a couple of kicks in my backside, and they let me go. It was very frightened. I remember at the time I ran to the school all the way and I ran back all the way and when i saw children standing on one side of the road i would run uh, to the other side of the road so that they uh, can't spit at me i had to suffer this uh, degrading and very hard for a very innocent uh, child to take i'm reliving my past when i started uh, to uh, speak in school uh, it was very, very difficult. I, I, I uh, used to break down uh, because while you're speaking sometimes uh, the event becomes very real. And um, today I can take a, a sup of uh, water and hide it a little bit uh, because it's not very pleasant when you have uh, 300, uh, uh, 400 uh, students and you are in tears or anything like this. I speak to educate the young people that we make sure history doesn't repeat itself. What we went through is something that people can't even imagine. No, And no. I feel when I meet you, like I met you years ago, yes. you're part of the family. Yes. And that's something special yes. that is among the Holocaust survivors. Yes, very, are, true. Yeah. very true,
5: very true. There are not many left of us. No, no. There is that trust that exists between the survivors. Oh, dear. You can ask yourself, how was it possible?
6: I didn't talk about it for 55 years to nobody. I lost my wife in 2003 to cancer, and she didn't know anything about me. I never told her. You didn't? And I was 43 year married to her, but I never told her what I went through. She knew I was a holocaust survivor. But, um, but what
5: it meant, and what well, I must admit, I myself didn't speak that much to my children. My husband was a holocaust survivor, yeah. so I didn't have to discuss anything with him, because I suppose, you know, the horror and the, the, uh, the tragedy that befell us, having lost family and us. I mean, incredible suffering we went through. You wanted to kind of to bury it.
6: Yeah, forget about it, yeah.
5: Well, forget you can't forget, ever. No. But uh, not to give it too much space.
7: For to his angels he's given a command.
0: Thank you to everyone brave enough to share the painful stories that we need to hear and to the young people who prepared the interviews. The music, On Eagles Wings, with words taken from Psalm 91, the Book of Exodus and the Gospel of Matthew, reflects Operation Wings of Eagles, an operation between June 1949 and September 1950 that brought 49,000 Yemenite Jews to the new State of Israel. Gemma Simmons is a sister of the Congregation of Jesus, a religious order which, until recently, had a presence in Jerusalem, and a visit there in the spring of last year proved to be an unforgettable experience, as Gemma now explains. I went to
8: Israel, went to the Holy Land and I was living and working at the Tantur Institute which is an ecumenical institute which seeks to give people a really in-depth experience of the very, very varied people who live within what's known as the Holy Land. So Jews, Muslims, Christians of every imaginable denomination and coming, as you can imagine, at the whole question of... You know, Israel, Palestine, from very, very different perspectives. I suppose the person who really blew me away completely was a man called Daoud Nassar. He's a Christian, a Palestinian Lutheran. His family have been farming land between Jerusalem and Bethlehem for decades, in fact, well over a century. They have the title deed to their lands, but unfortunately, the government has laid claim to that land for settlement. He has has fought this and has been to the International Court of Human Rights and to the Israeli Supreme Court, both of which have found a judgment in his favor. But they are still really, really struggling. They're not allowed to build anything, so they live in caves. They're not allowed to have access to mains, electricity or water. It's a really, really difficult, a really suffering life. But at the entrance to Dawood's farm, there's a big stone, and on the stone is written, We refuse to be enemies. And this man, who has, he's in the third generation of his family that is struggling for the right to remain on their own land. He is adamant that he will not be made an enemy of anyone and he actually runs a thing called the Tent of Nations where people come from all over the world to learn the art of reconciliation. And it's all very well to talk about forgiveness and reconciliation when you're in a safe place, when no one's taken anything away from you. But when you're in a situation where your most basic rights are being violated day after day, to dedicate yourself to reconciliation and friendship and non-enmity and forgiveness, that's an absolutely astounding thing. He was one of the most luminous human beings I think I've ever met. And I notice, for instance, that at the moment in the political atmosphere of the United Kingdom, there's a sort of violence with which people are talking to each other. There's a resentment and an enmity. People are taking up really quite extreme positions and refusing to accept that the other person may have a point of view. And every time I find myself tempted to be like that and thinking hard thoughts about people who don't see things my way, I go back to thinking about my friend Dawood and I think, Gemma, go back to the Tent of Nations. You can go online, if you look up Tent of Nations, he's got a a website where there's an invitation to come and spend some time at the farm and this kind of thing. and People do from all over the world. But his determination to live in peace with his neighbors, whoever they may be, including the soldiers who came to cut down his fruit trees and the people who blocked off one of the entrances to his farm. He refuses to make them his enemies. And in a place like Israel-Palestine, when, as we know, there are really horrendous tensions and great difficulties and, you know, people who've had their families killed on both sides of, of the argument. To find a man like this so dedicated to peacemaking is is just world-changing for me. It was for me. I, I'll never forget that man. I said to him at the end, Dawood, you know, I, I'm a nun. I don't have any money. I don't have much influence. What can I do? And he said, tell people, tell people our story. Our greatest fear here in Palestine is that nobody knows. Nobody knows what we're living through. And I said, well, that I really can do. And I promise you when I get the chance, I will tell people of your commitment to living in peace. And that's what I've done.
0: There'll be more from Gemma Simmons of the Congregation of Jesus in a future program. And the music, Even When He Is Silent, sung by the Chamber Choir of London, is the most extraordinary display of faith. It's a musical setting of words written during World War II on the wall of a cellar by a Jew held in the Cologne concentration camp. I believe in the sun even when it is not shining, and I believe in love even when there's no one there. And I believe in God even when he is silent. I believe through any trial there is always a way. Thank you for listening to this week's Praise Podcast. There's a new Praise Podcast available every Sunday morning. You can subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify via the Manx Radio smartphone app or at manxradio.com. So, till we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for your company and I wish you and those you love every blessing in the days ahead.
1: We